0: Hey, this is Soma79 with a special announcement. My new Mega Mix is up. My MF Doom Mega Mix Oxidation Moons Day is now available. Go to www.soma79.com slash doom to check it out. It's a 30-minute mix that I did of MF Doom raps over my own beats. I really enjoy it. I hope you really enjoy it. So check it out. Tell a friend. Peace. Welcome to the 51st episode of the Articulate Ox podcast. I am your host, Soma79. Thank you so, so, so much for joining me today. My guest today is Bay Area tattoo artist, Android O. I met up with Android O through previous guest Garfield for memory, who shared up a bunch of tattoos that Android O did of Garfield. He did these really cool, they're like little kid drawings. You'll see, we, there's a bunch of them that show during the episode, we talk about it. But I actually had some original little kid drawings that I did Garfield when I was a kid. So I sent it to him in California. He sort of redesigned it for me, cleaned it up sent it back to me and i had an artist in atlanta tattoo it on me for me so he did a really beautiful job i'm glad i had him do it rather than somebody else try to mimic the style i tried myself failed miserably sometimes got outsourced and stuff to the experts this dude's the expert so thank you so much android O, check him. check out his stuff all of his information is here um, on on the episode in the show notes go get a tattoo from him from in the area check out his art follow him all that good stuff it is um this is our Christmas episode I guess even though we don't really talk much about Christmas you can tell I'm here celebrating I got my my Christmas um, nail polish on it's I'm enjoying my my um, alcohol free Heineken so salut hope everybody has something to celebrate Merry Christmas happy holidays all that good stuff see this is how much I don't drink I'm already spilling but oh well oh well um thank you everybody who participated this year in the reticulate Ox podcast i can't believe that i actually did an episode for every week of the year as i said i would i know there's still one more coming out but the uh, little industry secret it's already in the can it's already done so we're all good with that but um, this has been a very fun year, and I'm very excited to do this again next year and have a bunch of new guests on, bring some people back, try some new things, I have some different ideas of things I'm gonna do. I'm um, also finally making some progress on my film, Drinking Songs for Children. But I'm thinking that next week's episode, the last episode, I'm gonna tag, I'm gonna do a little extra talk where I, or a little extra thing at the beginning where I talk about my goals for next year and just the year and recap and all that good stuff. So look forward to that or look forward to skipping over that all good subscribe down there at the bottom on youtube or whatever podcast app you're listening to and thank you so so much for joining us um make sure you follow android O and follow the podcast and follow me at soma 79 on instagram and check out my new album quiet life loud friends with Pillsy beats available everywhere we have some more music coming in 2024 with some great uh, features and new albums and all this good stuff. So thank you everybody and uh, Merry Christmas. Peace and with wings glitz quick to flip manuscripts. Cause her man went from damaged kid to damn he's rich. But she still can't stand the way he manages to never put nickels in the can for the cancer kids. Plus he cheats at cornhole and brags that he won. So she lost interest like porno after she comes. My DM started jingling baby as it was done. Two seconds later I can hear the snapping of her gums. She calls me half Dodge Challenger, half Lip Gallagher. Yep. Alright. Welcome to the fifty-first episode of the Articulate Ox Podcast. I am your host, Soma Seventy Nine. My guest today is tattoo artist from the Bay Area, Androido. How are you doing today?
1: Hey, Soma, how's it going, man? Good to meet you.
0: Did I say that right?
1: Yeah, Androido.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, I sort of asked you that before we were recording.
1: It's all—it's all good, man. I know it's a weird name, but no, I do Well, the story behind it, so. When I was a kid, I was, like, in a lot of different daycares, and so there were multiple Andrews. So some of them would call me Droid or Android. And so I took that, and then, you know, in some kind of state of trying to not be associated with the phone, (laughs) I was like, I need to make a name that's original and unique. So my full name is Andrew John Rieger, and there's 18 letters in my name. So divided by two, I get to the exact center of my name. The two letters in the even-numbered name is the O and H of John. So I took that O and H and added it to the end of Android to make Android. Up.
0: Dude, you think the way I think, like, I've always been kind of obsessed <laughs> with the fact that my first and last name of the same digits, Timothy Johnson. But yep. speaking of names, I recently had something happen to me where I'm I'm 44 years old, and this is something that I wish somebody pointed out to me like when I was you know four years old that Moth yep. would be a perfectly acceptable like short like nickname for Timothy. And I'm like, if I was going by Moth Johnson my whole life, I would be an entirely different person. It would sound weird at first, but people get used to that shit real fast. And it would be yeah. like, Oh yeah, Moth, Moth- Johnson's coming over, man. I'm still is it too late? I don't know. I mentioned it a bunch in this. <laughs>
1: never too late dude yeah yeah rebrand fuck it that's awesome moth single syllable you know that's the one downside to androidos is three syllables so it's just yeah. like it's a little too much but you know fuck it. i'm sticking to it
0: <laughs> yeah yeah well going by tim sucks me because you're always going tim jim no tim I and mean, that's my entire life i've been doing that <laughs> i'm mean, the cross i bear like these are like the problems i have so
1: right exactly
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah cool name man so the reason the way we hooked up is that um I think it was through Garfield Through Memory, which is um, the page that I interviewed um, her. No, is it Garfield? I forget the exact name. Garfield, um, Garfield memory. From uh, Memory. Yes.
1: From Memory. Uh-huh.
0: Yep. Yep. So I believe she shares a lot of different Garfield. I'm a huge Garfield film back in the day. And I saw, uh, I believe, a flash page you did of the, these like uh, Garfield drawings that were kind of scribbled in. Um with, yep. And I'll put some pictures in the screen. I, I have one here, but it's going to be tough for me to show it because of where it is. But- um, sure the uh i had always been a huge garfield fan and i wanted to get a tattoo and i was going through some old notebooks of mine and the way that i learned how to draw was through one particular um page in a garfield book where it showed you the three steps or six steps of how to draw garfield And that's how i drew that over and over again and i found an old one and i saw that style like this matches up perfectly so i reached out to you and be like could you design this for me and uh you were nice enough to do it and yeah. uh, it was beautiful. I was down to Atlanta, unfortunately, because we're so far away, I couldn't have you do it. But um, I was down in Atlanta, and I found somebody who was able to do it and made it an excellent job. So thank you so much.
1: Awesome. Man. Yeah, I love to hear that, dude. I'm always down. You know, it's, it's something about what I do with all that stuff. It's a, it's a variations on the theme of bootlegging art. So, you know, I, I don't take any real credit to anything other than just putting my perspective on something. So, yeah and people want it and like you know somebody else does it i'm like fuck yeah go do it like who cares you know it's like it's all just art i just want to share it with people you know so
0: i was really happy that you did it instead because i'm an artist as well and there was a part of me going the exact drawing i had needed some work because it was 30 something years old and it was done in the notebook i needed someone to clean it up and the little decisions that you made to clean it up i was like I was just because right. I, I tried it myself first and I, I couldn't find that right balance of looking artistically sloppy versus really sloppy and like you totally. nailed it like awesome. a area around the yeah. eye so anybody hit him up save some designs get some tattoos it's great stuff
1: Thank you so much. yeah I appreciate you yeah
0: you want to mention actually up front where um, uh, we're going to have your your social media here but is there a particular um, studio you work at or anything like that or anything you feel like shouting out
1: yeah, I work at Black and Blue Tattoo in San Francisco, California. We were previously at the location 381 Guerrero Street, and as of two weeks ago, we moved to 329 22nd Street. So we're there, but we're kind of hard to find as of right now. So if you hit us up, just look up Black and Blue Tattoo or hit up my Instagram and I'll direct you to, to come up, come by and get a tattoo. Awesome. Awesome.
0: You yeah. know, what's kind of what I found about tattoos is interesting is whenever I go to get a tattoo, the answer is I can either do it right now or eight months. <laughs> like really? it's never, yeah. it never seems to be anything in between. It's either like, oh yeah, well sit down or yeah, I, my book's open in like four months. So I don't know, but I always find the quality and I, I don't really have any tattoos. I'm not happy with the
1: qualities are always excellent. So who knows, but absolutely. No, that's awesome.
0: So how'd you get into
1: it? Uh, um, well, I would say right around, you know, I've always made art and around 19, um, I went to a smoke shop and they had some (laughs) tattoo machines you could buy. So Mm -hmm. I went and bought a shading machine and tried to draw lines with a shading machine on my own thigh and just messing around and messing up people. And, you know, just a couple of my friends really, but never like charging for it. I always thought it was something I wanted to do, but you know, um, I guess I should preface, I was born and raised in San Jose, California, so it's about an hour south of San Francisco, it's the Silicon Valley, it's, you know, so I was raised like, you know, you got to go to college and, you know, get your degree and get in tech or something if you want to make a living here, and uh, so I kind of, like, gave up the concept of, like, oh, I'm gonna make art for a living, because I'd make paintings, you know, an 11 by 17 acrylic painting, try to sell it for 200 bucks, couldn't sell it for shit, you know, so yeah. I that was I been
0: just,
1: there. <laughs> right, right, so, yeah. I just let that idea go and just kept it as sort of a hobby, and you know I chased all different types of jobs and um, you know everything from teaching little kids how to swim to uh, construction work to flipping burgers to, you know the last job I had before I started tattooing I was working in tech I had worked from like a entry level assembler into a project manager position without a degree wow and and by the time I was thirty. I was like, I'm fucking sick of this. This job sucks. I hate it. Like there's just, you know, a salary jobs, man. It's not, you know, it just sucks everything out of you. And I just, I wasn't making anything. And I decided to say, fuck it. Let's see. I would rather be happy doing something that I would enjoy doing and not be making that much money than be miserable and financially stable, you know? So while I was working at this tech job, I was looking around for an apprenticeship. And basically what that looked like for me was I was just, I had uh, stickers and like some prints, like I was making um, paintings and stuff and I would go to tattoo artists who I thought had a style that I resonated with and I would pay for the tattoo and I would drop off some art with them and I would try to connect with them and say, Hey, I really want to learn how to tattoo. If that's something you'd be willing to try to teach me. And a lot of people said, fuck off. A lot of people said, sure, but you're going to work the front counter for two years for free before you start setting up stations and watching people tattoo. And, you know, I'm 30, living in the Bay Area. I'm like, that's not gonna work. You know, like right. I, I gotta, I gotta make money. So, uh, so finally found who became my mentor. They started tattooing my knee and they did the, uh, it's uh who, uh, uh, who tattooed you. And uh, they were working at black and blue at the time. And they got my, they got the outline and the shading done on my knee. I had to come back in a month once it was all healed up to get the color. And in that time I got laid off from the tech job. Oh. So I came back a month later and he said, Hey, if you are down and you're able to give me 110% of your time, you can be here. And so the stars aligned. And at 30 years old, I started an apprenticeship, you know, that's awesome. I uh, learned that, that too. And so, and it worked out good. It was basically, I, I made a monthly payment for a year to, to my mentor. And then I did construction projects around the shop for the owner. So I was able to give back without wasting, you know, a bunch of time, not making money kind really? of. That's that yeah, benefit just,
0: of having all those skills. Like that, that shit yeah. pays off all the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're, you know, you're not completely worthless. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. It's like it's uh, like having
0: an acting resume that says you're bilingual. You're gonna get more jobs. It's 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 kind of just okay. like one of those things where it's like having special skills makes a big deal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it was good, man. It was great. You know, I'd say two months into it, I was able to like, you know, I was confident enough to start taking walk-ins, and it was one of those things where it's like you know, just throw your, throw your ass in the water or you're either going to sink or swim, you know? And so I just figured it out and it's been nonstop since, um, you know, t- t- tattooing is scary. It's not one of those things where it's a guaranteed hourly job and yeah. there's no guarantee, there's no guarantees. And so sometimes, you know, it's a little rough and sometimes it's really great. And somehow I've been able to survive in the San Francisco Bay area off of tattooing without having to do any other type of job. It's and cool. it's, yeah, it's a blessing. And, you know, cool. I, I couldn't ask for a better job. It's the best job I've ever had by far, for sure.
0: That's awesome. Man. Congratulations. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, so cool man. to be able to do what you want to do for a living all the time. And
1: that's, yeah. that's something most yeah. people never get. I know, right? It's been great. Yeah. So when you were
0: doing the apprenticeship, like I have to imagine that a lot of like the fuck-offs and stuff like that, is there's got to be some level of gatekeeping. Because I'm guessing a lot of people that want to be tattoo artists are kind of flaky, I would say, probably. Is that sort of what it is? Is They probably have people in there all the time, and it's like, They just, uh,
1: you know, I don't really, it's hard for me to judge where people come from about all that. I think a lot of it is, I mean, there's gatekeeping territorialness. There's the concept of, oh, if you were working here and my regular comes in and sees your work and wants to get a tattoo from now, you become their regular and they stop getting tattooed by me. And now I'm losing out on money, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, because there is not a ton of it, and there's not a ton of it in, for it, them in this, unless they come right, up. Right, exactly. What exactly.
1: Yeah, and and then there's also just the fact that I don't know. I I think a lot of tattoo artists are. I mean, and I'm not even speaking specifically about anybody, but I just think generally tattoo artists are kind of crazy people. Yeah. I mean, they're not. They're artists. They're fucking weirdos. You know what they're I mean? The, they're they're not, the
0: drummers of artists, sort of.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Not, uh, yeah. or they're just kind of. They're doing their own thing they play by their own rules like they don't like having bosses and like you know they're they're out there just doing their own thing and and they know just like I'm saying about there's no guarantee of work that they're trying to make sure that they stay making a living and I, I don't blame them at all you know what I mean and so it's no hard feelings about any of that fuck off mentality I get it Um, but at the same time I think there is plenty of room you know uh, so yeah. it's a it's just one of those things where you're just dealing with crazy people but you run into that in any profession any career you know
0: it's funny because i when i was growing up um like i mentioned i'm like in my mid-40s like in massachusetts yeah. where i live you couldn't legally get a tattoo until around the year 2000 or if you, i mean i knew like family members of mine got them done like in people who had actually decent studios inside their homes but it was technically illegal and mm-hmm. um Back then it was like, like bikers had tattoos, people in the mm. military. It was like, basically like if you, you're like an anchor tattoo, like where I was from, if you like right, were in right. the Navy. And now right. it's like, there's way more, there's way more bodies out there. And there's way more people get, I, I got my first tattoo at like 37. Wow. You know? And now <laughs> okay. I'm getting, I get at least a couple a year and it's just, yeah. you know, I yeah, think a lot that's... of people have more of a fucking mentality. Uh-huh because I found that it's like yep. when, when you're 18 people are like you really want that Garfield on you for the rest of your life and I only like <laughs> right. to think do I really want this Garfield on me for half of my life and it's a, it's a <laughs> right, it's right, an right, easier right. decision you know
1: yeah well and a lot of older people that grew up, people older than you that are coming in for their first tattoos all the time a lot of mothers with their daughters or daughters <laughs> just turned 18 19 they want you know, the cute little fine line lettering on their ribs and the mom's like, I want something too. Is it going to hurt? I'm like, did you give birth to this child? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, you're going to be fine. I promise, you know? And you know, they have that same mentality where it's like, you know, it's, I only have, you know, 40 years, 50 years left. So fuck it. Who cares? You know what I mean? So it's very interesting. Go ahead. I think they've
0: also reached the age where, like, it, I think what most people are worried about is whatever judgment they have associated in their head as being a person with tattoos. And they're thinking about, oh, what, what's it going to happen if I have to wear, a, you know, a strapless dress as a bridesmaid or something like that. And I think eventually most people reach the point where they go, fuck it, when it comes to judgment and stuff like that. And they're like, yeah. all right, well, this ain't going to cost me a job. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's about time I start living my life, you know
1: yeah well, I mean, like are you worried about somebody judging what you're wearing today? Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. how you present is is you know, I get it. It's like there forever, and it's this one moment decision or maybe you it, it could be spontaneous or it could be something you thought about forever forever. but either way, as time goes on, things change, your style changes, whatever. it's still a decision that you made, but like, you know, I think a a big part of it is the shift in culture around social acceptability of tattoos, which makes it more welcoming for people to just generally have them Mm -hmm. without fear of people judging you. But then it's also just like we're more able to kind of not take that so seriously. Like you're just in this fleshy form for now. Like who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? exactly
0: (laughs) one thing too that i always i found weird about tattoos is that how quickly my brain accepts it as a part of my body that it was almost like it was always there like the first few days it's noticeably like this is new like when you catch yourself in the mirror it kind of like but very quickly it feels like something that was always there and i i i mean i have some kind of weird tattoos not like anything like you know like anything i i would regret or anything but like you know i have a spy versus spy tattoo it's like i could wake up one day and hate that but i've never felt that it always just now feels like a part of me that's even beyond whatever the character was you know so, sure sure it's really cool that i didn't expect before i started getting them so
1: yeah totally well you know i started getting tattooed at 16 i had um, a, a senior in high school uh started a tattoo apprenticeship at, at my high school and he wanted to practice on somebody and i was uh, like, parents must have love him <laughs> i'm like i'm fucking right here dude um so i just you know to me i was it's just I think a part of the culture, at least when I was growing up, was as much as it was socially acceptable or starting to be, it was also like kind of the contrarian punk rock thing to do, like kind of a fuck you to your own, your own fleshy form as well as to anybody around you who would judge you around it. Yeah. so. I don't know. And then also being a tattoo artist and collecting and being around tattoo artists and just making art in general, my mentality is totally different. I mean, I remember drawing with Sharpies all over myself as a kid. And it's like, dude, that's just a part of it's just a part of being a creative, I think, you know? I mean, even artists who don't tattoo have a bunch of tattoos, you know? So there's just something to that culture where it's just, I don't know, you just don't really think of it as some like, oh, somebody's going to fucking say something about. Yeah. My tattoos, like I don't give a fuck, dude. You yeah, can say I something don't. about my nose or my mole or you know something weird, like so what? You know what I mean? I know it's it's
0: you know I think it speaks to some sort of there's so many ways society that we're not evolving, but the general acceptance of stuff like that seems like a step in the right direction. And that like yeah, you know I I always talk about how there's. The golden rule is um treat people the way you want to be treated. But I I joke there's a platinum rule to treat people how they want to be treated. And it's like I think <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. And it, it at least puts you in a place of empathy instead of a place of narcissism, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, well, right. I guess how how do you gauge how people want to be treated?
0: I guess try to do your best is probably what is. I think that's that, that's also probably a good lesson for everybody just all the time. is just try to do your right. best, you
1: know? Sure, sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. But whatever. So,
0: um, so when you started, when you were trying to get that apprenticeship, at that level, what did you feel that you were confident? What could you do as a tattoo artist? Did you feel that you could that you know that you could do a tattoo and you just needed the the infrastructure or did you really still need to need to actually learn
1: a lot of the basics so i equate it to like like have you ever tried to use a calligraphy pen yeah yeah yeah, yeah okay so i know how to use a normal pen but right. i don't know how to use a calligraphy pen
0: was, yep so I, needed,
1: I needed training to learn how to use a calligraphy pen. So. It's not like, oh, I'm super confident in making a tattoo. It's, I know how to make art and I know how to draw and I know how to trace, which is basically mostly what tattooing is. Yeah. Is The drawings are done, you put the fucking stencil on, it's you're tra- it's a trace job. Yeah. But the tool that you need to use requires a certain way of using it. And you also have to deal with a brand new canvas every time. And so, you know it, you know, everybody's skin is different. Everybody's part of their body is different. Even if you're doing a larger piece, you're dealing with one type of skin from one side of the arm to the other side of the arm from two inches down to four inches up. It's, you know, you have to be able to gauge as you're going along on a canvas, like how best to implement using that calligraphy pen, so to speak, you know, yeah. so it's. And
0: make decisions on the fly. Yeah. It's like,
1: yeah. It, so it, that's really what I needed practice with. And so when I was practicing, um, we had this stuff stuff. Um, it's basically silicone. Mm-hmm. and it's just like uh instead of like you know back in the day they were doing um what like pig skin or fucking orange peels and shit they you know pig, just... skin? You, yeah.
0: on pig skin people would practice
1: yeah like I'm Jesus this Christ. is old school shit. yeah and i just like you know we don't have any of that but i would use silicone like these silicone like just a flat sheet or they made like a prosthetic arm that you could practice on yeah and uh sense. and and so i would practice on that and i would just I would do flash pieces that I created full color, but then around those, I would just make lines and I just needed to practice making lines. Um, and one thing that I have is a very shaky hand. Same with me,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, so- um, It's one
0: of the things I find it two- hardest as an artist is that it's, <clears throat> it's just, it's always gonna be that way.
1: Right, so I had to find ways to sort of counter my shakiness while tattooing and so practicing just making lines over and over again was a way for me to learn how the machine works and learn how my hand works with something with a motor running in my fucking hand you know what I mean so so, and it's it's funny because when I was doing that I asked my mentor I was like what should I do I have a shaky hand they were like I don't know. I don't have a shake in my hand. I don't know what to tell you. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> well, <I think> it, <laughs> you it's, know? it
0: sounds like it, there's a saying that like, when it comes to like your brain, the neurons that fire together, wire together. So just like you said, yeah. doing it enough. It's like, then it puts like, if there's an order of operations in your brain, that repetitive thing goes above the thing that makes your hand shake. Right, so it's, right. you know, it's like one of those things where it's like, you stutter except for in this particular c- circumstance i'm stuttering as i say that it's kind of weird
1: it's all good yeah yeah
0: but like um but yeah that, that's pretty neat i'm I'm kind of fascinated with, with how the brain works that you can train your brain and um and just yeah. just the way that you like learning how you learn is such an important thing it unlocks so much totally. exponential
1: well and i'm all about looking for practical solutions and so Um, you know, 50% of pulling a line successfully on somebody's skin is stretching the skin. Mm
0: -hmm. If you don't stretch
1: the skin properly, you can flub up, you know, you're, you're running into like groove and like just the skin not taking a line smoothly. And so I started realizing I need my hand here to stretch the skin and then tattoo around that. So what I found was that stretching hand was a perfect base for right. my tattooing hand so I could pull I could pull this line smoothly. And so not just that, the palm of the hand that I'm tattooing with can also be based onto the canvas. And then I have that secondary foundation of my stretch hand. So it's funny because I've tried to have people film me tattooing so I have like content for Instagram yeah. or whatever. And every time they try to film me, bro, I'm covering everything up <laughs> because my hands are so close together yeah. when I'm making a line, and I have to peer in there in the corner while i'm pulling this line because it just and it's it's insane because like sometimes i can't even see where i'm going but i've i've repeat motor activity myself into this i pull this fucking line i'm not even looking i look i wipe and it's there and it's exactly what i want and i'm like oh okay cool what the hell was that it's you know amazing. what i mean like it's amazing it feels good. like
0: magic that's it's, <laughs> right that
1: yeah that's, yeah it's great yeah now i yeah. sure most of my clients don't like hearing that i can't see what i'm doing but you know what i mean they, they yeah, end up getting with yeah. like,
0: that that was funny you mentioned like the shaking because like i I, back in my early days i was a landscaper and every time i see somebody with those leaf blowers i just remember how they make my teeth chatter and like just like holding it with your hand that vibration fucks you up yeah how how much vibration is there on a tattoo gun i've only been on so
1: i've so so there's two major types of tattoo machines there's coils and there's rotaries coils the ones you're probably familiar with like typically when they turn on you know uh, Rotary machines are newer technology. They're real quiet and they basically, um, the coils are the piece of metal slapping in the back there and it's jamming in and out like this. A rotary machine is the motor is pushing the needle in and out like this. So it's considered less trauma to the skin even though you still need the same amount of trauma for a tattoo, but the motor itself is actually much quieter and has less vibration. So uh, the downside to it though, is that it's not as heavy. So having the weight in your yeah. hand actually helps to steady your hand, but then there's vibration. So there's this weird double-edged sword with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, but my mentor has basically had me uh, straight away on rotaries. That's what they used. And so I just went straight to rotaries. Um, a lot of traditional old school tattooers, you know, they hate that. They call it dildo pens. You know, they're like, oh, you're using your cute little dildo pen. Like, oh, you don't even there's
0: know It's always to- trick waving. No matter what you're in, there's someone <laughs> with their dicker around.
1: yeah and I'm like yeah okay word well I'm still making tattoos and getting paid for it so you know think what you want so it's just funny though because yeah there's 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 you know double-edged sword with both of them but you know I learned on rotary I've been comfortable with it and um yeah the shaking thing is just something you had to just work around I mean it's not you know once you practice enough you get used to it and you know and every like everybody's skin's different so sometimes you run into issues that not not to do with shaking, but just like implementation, and you just have to find practical solutions. And so that's kind of, you know, I, I take my construction brain a little bit into making tattoos as well, you know. So yeah,
0: is there is it just ironic that the tattoo that you designed for me is sort of like a scribbling thing in, or is that somehow like it's obviously we- it's very easy <laughs> to shaky hand. That seems like a you know good you call. You know,
1: I'll t- I'll tell you what. Um, and you know, I wore this shirt because this is the first flash sheet I ever made. Oh, that's dope! And it's just real simple black line work. My mentor told me to. Um, I like to I like make those
0: the clouds beautiful yeah, too,
1: and to make real simple line work so that I could practice my original designs in a very simple, quick way. Yeah, beautiful and, character uh, work. Thank you, but you know that all these they're not broken, fucked up lines. They're like trying right. to be smooth, and you know, so I. Intended with tattooing to go in that direction from the beginning, and um, and as time went on, I don't know. I guess I just I, I, my whole get down is throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks. Yes, that's, and, that's very and, important. <laughs> and and in the process of doing that, though, I'm very picky about the shit that I throw at the wall. And yeah. so, especially because I like to do bootleg stuff, I like to take characters and fuck them up and make them mm-hmm. weird. I was just trying to think of how can I create a variation on the theme of something that is already exists, but, and that so that people can identify with it and it's something that they want, but like, they've never seen this version before. And so I'm almost, I don't honestly don't even remember why or how I did that, but I just thought I never see this. So I just made it and put it out there. And I think I had started it with not even bootleg versions. I think I had made a Halloween flash sheet and it was like, a candy corn, you know, boo, boo, yeah. you know, fucking a cat, like k- 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 just like shitty fucking drawing.
0: Postmodern,
1: and, like- <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, it's just trash art, or I don't know. I always call it little kid drawing style, is what yeah. I call it. Like, my my, I'm attempting to find the little kid version of me that would do a drawing of this, but refine it as if it's done professionally or yeah. In a way that is tasteful, I guess, you know. And yeah. so there's it's a funny weird mention, balance.
0: Yeah. You why know? do you mention oh, that? Yeah. Because the one of the reasons I arrived at getting the design that you designed for me is that I really like this piece I saw is an Alice in Wonderland piece, but it looked like a patch. And it looked like a, a patch you'd see on like a hat or like on a jacket. An, bro- an embroidered
1: patch. An embroidered yeah, patch. and
0: it was really cool, but it, there was a it creeped me out maybe 10 to 15%. And I was just like, <laughs> and I don't know why, but I was just like. This is something that I feel like, you know, I, I like when people see my tattoos and, like, smile. I have, like, you know, Felix the Cat. I, I kind of like that about it. And I feel yeah, like there's sure. something about that that makes me a little creeped out. But I'm like, I wanted something in that same vein of of playing with the idea. And when I saw what you were doing, I was like, that's it. it especially lined yeah, up definitely. with the fact that this was a kid drawing for me. I'm like, yeah. So Absolutely. Yeah. those embroidered ones are very cool. I just don't know that I want one on my body all the time.
1: I've had multiple people ask me to do that and I'm like, no way, dude, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm like, nah, you know. I just, you know, I, you know, with being a tattoo artist, you get requests for a lot of stuff that are in that's in the realm of the things that you do. But I'm like that, like, if I don't have, any comfort with it i've never done that before i'm not going to pretend like i can out of nowhere no i'd love to practice that but you know it's
0: strange to try to describe to somebody who doesn't know anything about art why you can do this but can't do that because it's like their brain doesn't really work that way like it's just sort of you know trust me you know but i believe in you but i'm like but i don't like and i don't want to is the more important
1: yeah Yeah. (laughs) totally yeah absolutely yeah i have other dragons
0: to slay today thank you very much
1: yeah it's, it is very interesting. And, you know, something I learned early on with tattooing is, um, you know, even I me making original art and, oh, people want my original art, it has nothing to do with me. It's something that they want for them. They found something. They, see, they probably see that drawing completely differently than I do. Mm-hmm. And so they're seeing something in it that, you know, connects with them, identifies with them, and I'm like, it's yours, you know? So yeah. something I, I did early on was I'm never repeating designs. I do, when I make a flash, it's not even a flash, because flash is synonymous with like hanging on the wall, and I'll take it down and make 20 of these today, you know, I I don't do that, I, when I make one design, you want it, it's yours, and it's yours forever, I want you to have this unique original piece of art, because you saw something in it, and that's it, you know, that's
0: awesome, yeah, Yeah, that is really cool,
1: yeah, that's the, I think that's the best way to do it, I mean, don't get me wrong, I want the money on repeating designs people want, but yeah, I, I also took it on as a challenge to like, I'm going to keep, I have to keep making art now. You know what I mean? I have to yeah. keep making more because, you know, I, I can imagine myself getting complacent saying, Oh, well, like, you know, I've gotten 20 requests for this one flash. I'll just keep making it. Fuck it. You know? Yeah.
0: There is, I run into that too, where um I, I actually just, I saw this in 2015 I did this thing where I drew a portrait and pencil every day for a year. Most of them were like celebrities and stuff. And I realized uh-huh. in that year, like, that just that repetition is so important it's just getting into that habit that every day you're going to get up and do something and you're at least going to do that it makes a huge difference i got as good at drawing portraits i was going to by like the third month of the year but okay. for the rest of that time i learned so much with the discipline of making art that was way more valuable than that
1: nice No, oh, that's awesome
0: yeah it's just, yeah that's uh, the way
1: to do it is just 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 keep making shit i mean there are days i want to make something cool or whatever i'm like it's time to make flash and i sit down and i start drawing i'm like i don't know what the fuck i'm doing yeah. and then I, i'll scribble literally the dumbest shit like like a creature bent over with boobs and then the butt and it's farting and then i'm yeah. like all right whatever this, this yeah. is what i made today who cares but Someone at least I pulled, it. <laughs> well i pulled it out i drew something it's not something i want to put out in the world but i drew right. it and then that's it whatever who cares you know your task
0: that, that, that day may have been getting that out of the way of a good
1: idea is right is, exactly is the way I think about it and it was funny so yeah. you mentioned the
0: bay area i i um <laughs> i'll get to the point of this in a minute but instagram today i saw that a record store around me got three original copies in of Plunk, the green day album on um on cassette and i'm like trying i'm like i don't really want those I love that album (laughs) and like that if you remember the art of that it was the woman i feel she's holding the flowers or has a flower shirt but very tied to the bay area um sure you mentioned punk rock i'm a for me goes hip-hop and then punk rock in terms of my fandom was there something that like you know is that all tied together for you were you inspired by the art of that era and you know what's your connection to it
1: i would say i would say yeah i mean you know so i was born in 88 so i'm 35 now um I'll tell you the first three albums I bought, I remember them. So the first album I ever bought ever was ODB return of the 36 chambers. Nice. Second album ever was the Wayne's world soundtrack. Of course. (laughs) Then the third album was corn follow the leader. (laughs) So it's like that kind of sums up all. And I really nerded out on every sub genre of every genre. So like, yeah, I went down the corn rabbit hole of weird like metal and like I thought like on the, the Cornfall, the leader album, they did a lot of weird experimentation yeah. like they flipped their amps up uh, so that the speaker was sitting upright and they put like screws and nails and shit on it so that they had weird extra sounds and I nerded out on that concept and looked for, uh, you know, artists that would experiment that way. I think one of the first punk albums I had was Dookie and then the second one was uh, uh, Pennywise, Go Straight Ahead yes and yeah. and so just you know going into all the crevices of each of those kind of genres has definitely i don't know I, odb's absurdity like it's abs- yeah. like absurd like, i posted thought- something
0: to my story today yeah. joe budden on his podcast was reading this story about odb recording his verse from mariah carey's fantasy i'm a huge mariah carey fan and it's this story every time you think it's over it gets crazier and crazier it's like this right. three minute long story and you're just like oh I miss this guy i got to do a song with yeah. his son i on my new on my album coming out, i had an album with young I a song with young dirty bastard that's coming out next yeah. year yeah. and Holy shit. It, as i'm listening to the story i was just i'm so grateful for how easy it was to work with his son it was like you know I, I gave him this money in about a month i had my thing back
1: and i'm just like oh man <laughs> yes true professional <laughs> yeah yeah i mean amazing yeah, you didn't have to have any crack smoke in your studio huh? yeah i know <laughs>
0: Um, it's funny you mentioned Dookie when I was um, when I was a kid that was you know that I was uh, I was born 79 so that I was like maybe 13 or 14 when that came out and it was huge obviously when they so they had they were playing a show with the Hatch Shell in in Boston which is like this area where like the Pops play for like the 4th of July where it's like you know John Williams conducting orchestras and stuff they all have like local radio stations put bands on and they booked Green Day around that time but between the time when they booked Green Day and when the show happened Green Day went from being like oh this band we're gonna play at three in the morning once to being like the biggest band in the world and all hell broke loose it was like they had no they had no the people throwing it had no reason to believe there was going to be 200 people show up but it was like right. it was like a huge everything was that many it was a huge amount of people they played about three songs and people jumped the stage and were just like <laughs> and they had to like run for their lives and stuff but um oh, i didn't get to go to that but a bunch of my friends did but that's um yeah, that, everybody learned a lesson about how quickly people can become famous back then.
1: Sure, sure. Yeah, so, um, but to answer your question uh, possibly better, I don't know. I, the album arts kind of influenced me, but I would say the music itself, I believe, and the attitude behind it, or at least what I perceived from it as a, a younger person was what influenced me more than anything. I mean, I just, I, I'm all about contrarian shit, absurdity. Like, I want... I'm like, oh, this is ugly to you. I fucking love it. You know what I yes. mean? Like, whatever you think is, like, I remember when I was a kid, everybody was like, ACDC is cool, Led Zeppelin's cool. I was like, nope. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, just because, you know, whatever yeah. you thought was cool, I'm like, it's not, you know what well, I mean? Zeppelin
0: is like the, the Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> of music, and people don't really seem to notice that.
1: <laughs> right, right. And so there's just there was an attitude in return of the 36 chambers and there was like, there was an attitude in corn and there was a, like, <laughs> I, you know, like there was an attitude in punk and there's just um there's something to it where it was just like, whatever everybody around you wants you to do, you're going to do the opposite to prove to them that that's not the only way to do things, you know? Right. 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 And so I, I think that that's something that's, you know i get in arguments with people all the time just for the fucking sake of it i can't let it i can't let it's just (laughs) built in. i was like that
0: for years and eventually i i I had to. i have this thing where it's like i (laughs) i I post every once in a while that if you're arguing with a stranger online you've already lost and the other day i did post something and i had to go back and delete it i was like i can't i can't step over that line i I can't
1: yeah for sure oh no i i can't do it online i'm you know i don't know if you've like you know deep dove on my instagram i yeah. I am nothing but i'm deep nothing but smiles and thankses and i'm the same way too <laughs> i'm not playing on instagram or nothing it's not the no, place. with it? my with my close friends we're having a beer or something i'm like like what, yeah. so, what so what you think you know like just to fuck with them because they already know who i am and yeah i have that safe place to do that but i'm not strangers hell no i'm you know you don't need to know my opinion about anything i don't care about yours you know
0: (laughs) i'm like that with hip like i'm copyrights a big uh as a friend of mine he's a hip-hop artist that i've liked for years and he has a line about taking the art of hip taking the art of shit taking shit talking to the art form taking the art of shit talking to the art form whatever the fuck it is i should know but i i it's like i'm a really nice person and friendly but i do love shit talking i love cracking on people and it's like it's unfortunate that not everybody is into that,
1: you know? uh, Totally, yeah, <laughs> it's, totally.
0: But this too, yeah. some people are so terrible at it that they shouldn't be trying. But it's just like it is endearment for me, and it's like it's just fun. It's it's horrible. yeah, but,
1: yeah, totally. Yeah. But yeah, no, music was always a huge part of art in general for me. I mean, I I learned how to play guitar at ten, and then what I was your first a song? Big, um, mine was as when I are. come.
0: Ar- mine was when I come around by Duke by Green Day. <laughs> what was, yours was Come as you are. I think my second one was um was breed. Right. And actually about a girl. That was another one.
1: Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I went to bass and then drums and then piano. And then, you know, I just I I went the gamut of playing bands in high school and middle school and stuff. And and then I found Ableton and I was like producing my own stuff. You know, th- this was two thousand seven, two thousand nine era, so dub stuff was getting big. I was trying to make weird halftime dubstep weird shit and
0: yeah i, I love all that rave shit
1: yeah i got to you know play shows and dj and stuff for a while and it's That's it's awesome. all sort of mixed in with it you know got yeah. into the graffiti shit in high school you know so it was just all it's all kind of wrapped into being a cohesive unit that is now expressing itself the way it is now but yeah. it's been a journey with all of that you know
0: it's funny i filled down a rabbit hole the other day on spotify Of um, i'm a hip-hop artist too so i try to like learn about promoting right. music and like there was something about um how someone going down the hole of like oh you need to have your frequencies all at this and this is all super important to this and this and i was like didn't matter the sex pistols like you know it's (laughs) like so maybe if you're trying to like bullshit people that is all really important but like it's it's like you can spend your time doing that or you can spend your time trying to connect to whatever you have inside of you that that like johnny rotten in in them found in them like everybody if you're an artist you have some point of magic that is uniquely you that that you can share with the world and i'd rather spend my time on that than turning a
1: knob forever you know absolutely you know That's, I think, one thing I got a little discouraged after a while with music is I kind of got a little defeatist and was like, I feel like everything's been done. You know what I mean? Like, like, how am I like, I couldn't wrap my head around how to make something unique and original with music that didn't sound like total shit, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like, because it already had been done. And so I always commend any people who currently make music because that pursuit for me was it felt very difficult it's a it's a hard path you know
0: it is because it's it's to consciously make music unlike somebody else it takes you on like almost like a doomed task to begin with and to make music sounds like somebody else it's like i mean everybody has heard if you listen to enough music you've heard um, Smells like the Smells Like Teen Spirit riff in numerous songs, both before and after that song came out. Right. And another big right. example is Last Dance with Mary Jane by Tom Pegg. There's a bunch of songs that have that same riff. And it's right. like, exactly. once you start realizing that, you're like, oh, it really is about how you do it and not what you're doing. It's like, yeah. that's an important thing to, to really learn. is because people really yeah. get like wrapped up in weird details when it comes to music, you know?
1: Yeah, totally. Well, that's why I really liked DJing and the concept of like mashup art, you know? Yeah, Just, me too, yeah. Like, you know, I remember taking, Um, you remember the Oh Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack? Yeah.
0: Oh, that's, that's right for mashups, yeah.
1: <laughs> Dude, I, t- I remember taking an Allison Krauss song from that, like I'll Fly Away and mixing it with a Rusko beat, like Rusko oh, dubstep track. And yeah. it just fuck, went perfectly together. The composition was perfect. You just edit in where you cut from one song to the next, yeah. and it was beautiful. And so that kind of shit was where I, I'll still DJ now. I just do it, like, on Tractor DJ on my iPad at home, you know, just fucking around. But, like, yeah, yeah that's I, that's the one way I'd say creatively I express myself with music now. You yeah, ever listen sure. to
0: DJ Z Trip from back in the day? No. He's um he's now L O Cool J's DJ. He's been in for years, but he, like... I don't, he didn't invent it but he was really big in the in the mashups like he would do the big mashups where it was like rush and like um and like jay-z or something but he would have these whole sets that were just banger after banger of these cool mashups and i remember going awesome. to see him a bunch back in the day it's it's just um it was awesome it was just opened my eyes to so much shit you know
1: hell yeah i've got uh, someone to look up now dj z trip
0: yep z trip find him at the end of the alphabet
1: uh, Zach something.
0: Okay. There's a great documentary called Scratch that came out about 20 years ago by this um, director Doug Prey, who was it, it really? He's in that a lot. DJ Huber's DJ, DJ Shadow, who's you know from I think your neck of the woods a little bit, that and it's dark, just dark. yeah, and like in all the Scratch Pickles, Miss Master Mike, it's really amazing about um, even if you're not into scratching, it just shows you how far down, how much art there is in just this, and just like right. when you when it's like. It just shows you how, like, um, you know, seven notes is plenty, really. Yeah. And yeah. if you know what to do with them. And even this and this is enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: It's, it's, yeah. it's, well, it's, it's no, inspiring I, as fuck. Yeah. I found the infinite possibility on Ableton to be just overwhelming. And it's like, so I would set a challenge for myself. I'm like, you can only use, like, five fucking things make something with it and and with music with music limitation is the most freeing aspect of it i think and i think with physical art is kind of the same too you know like if i'm redrawing a garfield i just pick you know a stance of garfield and i'm like all right let's play with this and you know you're going to create variations and 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 be way more successful and have way more freedom to create than if you're like well it could be fucking any character you know what i mean like you got to pick something you know yeah,
0: the two biggest mistakes I see young musicians make, or, just, or newer musicians make, is that they either make the same song over and over again, or they try to put an album's worth of songs into one song, and or of like just too much stuff going on, and it's like a lot. It's,
1: I did a lot. Yeah, and I did the same thing,
0: and it's like yeah. you know. It's just finding the right pace for you to go at where you make your best music is really important. So, so how do you stay disciplined? Because that's something, too, that for, for full-time artists, you know, obviously you got to pay the bills and stuff like that. But um, with no one sitting over your shoulder, like, how do you sort of regulate? I, I, I posted this something. My dad has owned machine shop his entire life. And his saying has been, um, when you work for yourself, your boss is always an asshole. And I don't really yeah. know exactly what that means, but can you relate to yeah. that at all? Maybe explain to me what he's talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, um, I think that what that expression is probably getting at is the concept that you are your own worst critic. And so if you're attempting to achieve something, you're never actually achieving it. And, you know, like, what do they say? It's not the destination. It's the journey, you know? Yeah. And yes. so I think you just implement that in the process of building your career when there's no, aha, the career is built, you know, it's just, you are in the journey of building your career, which means you have to keep grinding at it. And honestly, I think it's just um, staying immersed in seeing other people make art and getting inspired and being like, like, you know, cause I venture off into a lot of different things. If you go through my flash, there is, it's, style to style to style like i mean a lot of them are very uniquely me but they're different you know and so you know i went through a phase of everything i did had like a melty rip apart kind of effect to it and then other stuff was um hold up, my phone being weird um other stuff will be uh you know, this the little kid drawing stuff. Sometimes it's like like I want to do like my version of tradition, like folky folk art traditional. Yeah. Um, so I just stay doing it by staying inspired by looking at what other people are doing and then trying to make my own version of it. You know, I will literally look at something and kind of like take like zoom in and really look at it, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Because yeah. I'm sure you run into seeing a tattoo artist work or even just a visual artist work, or a musician you're looking at you're like how the fuck they do that and then without reference just pretend like you know you have a trace and you just draw that from your brain or or you try to make that from your brain and it, it becomes your own unique version yeah. or or if you can't draw for me if i can't draw it i will trace an actual character then my tracing i'll trace over that and then i'll trace over that yeah. and then i'll trace over that and eventually i get to something that's, that's something you your own. Yep. yeah and so how do I stay doing this without a a boss other than myself? I have fucking I have no idea dude i i momentum just, probably <laughs> i I just keep going i mean you know like like you said you know there's bills that need to get paid, and so i just you know uh I'd rather be creating than you know going to the life suckage that is some other fucking guy you know riding your riding your ass you know and yeah. so you know i'd I'd rather be hard on myself and stay up late at night wondering what I need to be making and doing than you know. Yeah. trying to please somebody else you know so yeah um I I, hard to answer that question <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah. i don't really know things just things just happen like well i still don't understand how i pay my bills like i don't really get it like i, I some money shows up somehow and i just go and tattoo and i like i'm never really exhausted you know like i have to go exhaust myself physically other ways right uh, you know i don't i don't know i don't really yeah. know how it happened construction
0: just... the older you get that is that is not a fun gig like you don't want to be doing no. that in your 40s and 50s and like you know with dudes that like to play like you know dodge with like nail guns and stuff and like i remember when yeah. i was a kid my friend's brother at a construction company and every year they'd have a thing because it gets pretty cold out here where they'd have a contest but who could go the longest in the season without putting their gloves on and i'm like oh my who's, my God. who's winning in this like i mean it's like (laughs) i don't need that that. i don't need that that additional stress in my life for real
1: that's insane while i'm operating
0: (laughs) heavy equipment
1: right right
0: i guess funny though no matter what like you'll always find a way to make a game out of something is that i think that's part of how the mind works is that like it's like when you're doing a repetitive task, you have to find some way to make a game out of it to make it like interesting you know
1: yeah i will say the one main thing i do is i make like basically the main way I create art now for my business is through flash, flash, my one, my one time drawings for people. And my main thing is I kind of don't care what people want to see. I think that's the main thing is there are times like the Garfield, the first Garfield flash sheet I made blew up. People loved it. I was like, all right, you guys like that. I'll make a few more. So I, I do things for other people. But the original idea was ah, everybody might hate this and I'm just right. going to do it anyway. And so when I'm venturing into new styles and, you know, I, it, one post gets like Garfield flashes like 20,000 likes. People love that shit. And then I make a folk art traditional flash sheet and it gets like 70 likes. And I'm like, I don't what? give a shit. You know what yeah. I mean? I made what I wanted to do and I don't really care what you guys think. All, All – the only effect it has on me was – well, shit, I spent energy on something that's not making me money. But I guess that that's the only give and take, I guess, where I go shit, I need to focus on something that will make me money. But I feel like if I do that, it's another form of kind of selling your soul to, you know, and I want to just continue to just make what I feel like making and that might look completely different from what I do right now in the next five years. Who knows? You know, so.
0: I've found too that there's kind of three levels of the art I make. There's the art. What kind of four? There's the stuff I don't finish. The stuff that I finish but don't want to show the stuff. And then there's the other half is stuff that I show. And that falls into two halves. The half that I think is good that people don't respond to and the half that people do respond to. And I don't sure. know which, and it's like, accepting that that is the reality of it for me, what helped me a lot because it got me past ego. It got me past stuff like that. Where you're just like, that's just the way it's going to be. And like, um, you know, I've it's like, there's some people, It's it's almost like when you're an artist, you're both the actor and the director. And there's some actors who need somebody else to be the director. And sure. to sort of give that over the director role to the, to the public is sort of for me kind of a freeing thing where you're like, I'll do my best part, but I kind of do need some, like, I don't know what of my, I, I did an art show a few years ago and I was very surprised by what pieces sold, like stuff that like, right. you know, that they would have nowhere have known that which ones took me five minutes and which ones I didn't like and which ones took me forever. But like, I learned a very lot about what people thought about my art that day versus what I thought about it. And that's, you know, sure sure. You someone's got to love something to tattoo something on their
1: body. Like I know, right? I know it's a trip. I I always am surprised when people want my art on their body. I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, like real. Are you sure? <laughs> you know, if you it, ever... it is yeah. trip. you I
0: was had... just saying,
1: I'll go for it. Sorry. You... No, 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 no. You're fine. I was just saying it's a trip. That's all. It just tripping yeah. out.
0: What um? Have you ever had somebody who got in the chair and just um couldn't handle it and just it was like that was it like any any good like you know I don't, to, I don't want to like out anybody or anything but any good stories from the workplace that are worth sharing um
1: not really man like That's good i don't know if you noticed but a lot of my stuff is not huge hours and hours pieces right. i don't really like making that i like seeing the product done at the end of the day i don't want to make a second session out of it which is a terrible business plan. I know as a tattoo artist, you want to, all right, we got four hours in and we're going to yeah, have another yeah. four month and another four next month. And like, that's a lot of people make a lot of great money tattooing, and doing it that way. And I can't hate on it because it's not like they're trying to get, make money off of people. It's just the art they make takes a long time. Yeah. And so I just don't operate like that. I'm like, I need something you know done now like this thing you know not this whole thing you know like it's right. just a little and, um I've i can't had make a couple... that
0: big of a tattoo decision at once that to me is too big of a tattoo decision like <laughs> okay. i because i'm doing this thing on my arm where every time i visit a new state i get an outline of a leaf tattooed and i have 13 of them now so eventually okay. i'll have maybe 50 i'm supposed to go to alaska next year now to perform so now i feel like i'm going to get one of the hard to get ones and i drove sure. through alabama for 15 minutes earlier this year so that counted but um it's but yeah. for me, it's like allowing that to evolve and grow with me as many. It's like when I see people go in. I, I met this dude once the same weekend I got my first tattoo. He got a rooster here that was like enormous. And I'm like, holy
1: shit. Like Yeah, 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 sure. A commitment. That's amazing. No, I mean I have stories like, you know, like someone got one of their first tattoos was one of the Garfield ones, and um and they got it and it was quick and pretty quick and painless. They didn't seem like they were in a lot of pain or anything, but at, right after I was like, so did I scare you off for getting any more tattoos? And they were kind of like, yeah, I think this is going to be it. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, like, are you, is there, are you okay? You know what I mean? Like I was like freaking out. I was yeah. like, okay. Like, was it really that bad? They were like, it was fine. It was doable, but everything else I want is huge. So this will probably be it. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I can live with that. But you know, yeah. just, they make it home and
0: reconsider how many people have their first kid and say never again you know right
1: fair (laughs) enough but i just was so shocked by that immediate response it was like oh shit i've never heard anybody say that before you know credit to that person
0: though for not showing that during the actual during them getting tattooed they must be able to go with zen place
1: yeah yeah they were fine but they were just like yeah no no more i'm like oh okay This
0: Garfield one, though, was definitely my most painful. I don't know if I mean, it'd be kind of tough to show, but it's like, let's see if I can do this acrobatic thing that nobody's asking for, except for the foot fetish people. Size 13, baby. Um, like right here, it's
1: it's really hard to see. Yeah, you got it in a weird spot. So, one thing I'll say is, lower legs during the healing process, you get a lot of pain too, because like right when you get out of bed in the morning, all the blood rushes to it and stuff. I did notice that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and then and then just that area, you know, we got a lot of nerve clusters down there. So, um but again, it's always you know always people ask me, "What is this area going to hurt?" I'm like, I don't know where it's your tough. nerve clusters are. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I don't know. um yeah. So it's always hard, it's always hard to tell.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm doing like sort of a like a, a kind of like a half sleeve down here so far. That's how I'm picturing it of like all these kind of obscure cartoon characters, and I'm getting I have a Wu Tang sure. symbol over here that I'm going to get um captain america holding thor's hammer but i'm gonna get in the wu-tang colors inside of it i actually just booked that and i'm getting a um a space ghost with matt with danger doom like um on on the face right up front so like i'm excited i just booked my most recent appointment so i'm getting those in march
1: but i think yeah there's not a whole lot of horror stories it's just you know some people not being able to make decisions on what they want. You know, a lot yeah. of the horror stories are like walk-ins, you know, like p- people who come in compulsively to get something and they don't really know what they want. And you draw something up and they're like, yeah, that's not really what I wanted. And I'm like, I don't think you really know what you want. So it's just kind of a bad thing or people fainting, you know, that's always a scary thing when people faint. Yeah. That's a, that's a difficult one. Um, People are crazy, you know. I do work in San Francisco, so you know sometimes you're dealing with just you know kind of narcissists or sociopaths or whatever, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, it is so funny
0: how quickly, like once you're spotted attracting people like that, you can nail them pretty fast. Like, oh, yep, you're one of them. <laughs> like, let's totally get, like, let's get let's get you done well and get you out the door.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, for sure, for sure. And yeah. yeah, that's you know it's funny because I always hated customer service jobs growing up, like. Too, you never,
0: you're running the total it could be anybody it's like you're spinning you're rolling the dice every time it's like being at the airport and- or being at disney world
1: <laughs> right and like well for me it was a lot of like you know working in a deli like flipping burgers asking people what they want to eat like how they want their coffee something like that but this per- version of customer service is a whole other beast and what was funny is i didn't even think about that when i was getting into tattooing i was just like man, I'm so glad I don't have to do a customer service job again. And then I realized I was like, holy fuck, this is the most customer service you can get. Like, it's not like I make you a sandwich and I fuck it up. I'll go make you another one. You know what I mean? Like this is permanently marking their body. And, but I would say it's a better customer service experience because you're getting one-on-one time for a longer period of time and you're getting to know them and connect with them. And like, they have to trust you and you have to trust that they're going to like work with you. And like, you're going to find a a groove and a vibe on what you're permanently marking on their body, you know? So yeah, it's, it's actually pretty rewarding. It actually is a way for me to express myself through social situations, which I'm not typically very good at, nor do I really like it, Same but I get to, but I get to do it in a way that feels like at least we have something to connect on, you know? And,
0: that's like know. the exact just, reason I do this podcast is because, like, I live in the middle of nowhere and I've always my entire life not had people around me who I can share this stuff with. But I'm like, oh, they're out there. It's like there's yeah, conversations to be had, there's like stuff to learn, you know?
1: It's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been great. I, you know, I tattoo roughly 10 people a week for the last five years, almost January will be five years. Wow. And it's, I, it's insane. Like, you know, like I'm, I never imagined wanting to even talk to like most people in the world. I'm just like, get the fuck out of the way. If you were moving any slower, you'd be going backwards. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, and, and then coming to find I actually have compassion for other people and I can empathize with other people. And like, you know, I'm like, I actually kind of, you know, yeah. I, I also still don't like some people, but you know, like I can at least figure out how to get along with them. You know what I mean? And, and have not everything, be a, a conflict or something, you know,
0: working in customer service taught me that one in 25 people is going to be an absolute wildfire where it's just like, yeah. I can handle most people, but every once in a while, there's going to be one that somehow pushes my buttons and it's like, I just have to stifle it. And it's just, yeah, the general Total. public scares me. <laughs> like yeah, not all of them, gonna, but some of them.
1: <laughs> I think you know what I think it is is it's the difference between groups of people and individuals. Yes. I think yes. I think the, the minute groups of people are together, they and if if they all agree on something, that That's idea scary. is pretty stupid.
0: It grows exponentially. Yeah.
1: It's, it's like and strength. The more
0: like
1: right. Yeah. Exactly. If there's a bunch of people who agree about something, they're probably <clears throat> the idea they agree on is kind of a dumbed down caveman version of an idea but then every individual has their own nuanced complex emotional expressions personality traits that like i can actually kind of i can vibe with that you know what i mean and so it's it's it's
0: interesting you basically described like what scares me about next year politically i want to get into that but like that's just just hit me where i'm just like oh god yeah um so what about what was your first tattoo that you
1: got my first tattoo were uh, these little green monsters on my hips. <laughs> Here, I can try and show them, but I got I I'm regrettably, you know, not in shape, so give me a break. That's all huh? right. But,
0: oh wow. So, so you went big first, huh?
1: Yeah, these little green monster guys. <laughs> did they
0: do those what do those represent to you? Or was it like a reference to something? I don't know, or did you is design them?
1: Look- no there was an artist named brendan monroe who did paintings and he had he would paint up close the blades of grass that giants were kind of stepping on and they would have these little green monsters walking around and i found I like it that. in like i fructose or juxtapose or something and i was like these are awesome i want to get these tattooed we're like uh, and i wanted i was 16 so i was like where can i get it that it'll be hidden because yeah. you know what teen you're not really shirtless around your parents or i don't know maybe you are yeah. i don't know yeah. i never was but so i was like i'll get that and so the joke has always been they're kind of the groin guardians <laughs> so i don't know i again from day one it was a joke like yeah. to me tattoos are like to the purposefully don't take it seriously you know what i yeah, mean like agreed. it went out of my way like it doesn't none of this matters your fleshy form doesn't matter don't take life so fucking seriously get over yourself
0: question about that though like if you're 16 i'm trying to remember like i feel like i wasn't fully grown yet so like what happens with like if like you get a tattoo and you're 16 you have like a growth spurt or something especially like that area of your body where i feel like that's where some of that may happen
1: i'll tell you i used to be very skinny so i'm about six four right now and i'm like 190 but like when i'm at six But, like, at 6'4", I was almost 150, so I used to be really skinny. I was really skinny my whole life, and I've gotten this gut in my 30s, (laughs) and they've kind of started, they went from this to this, and then, like, kind of bent, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, you know, skin moves, and, like, the tattoo stays where it was, but the skin stretches, so it's just, you know, people, especially women who, like, they're getting something on their ribs or near their stomach and they're like, Oh, if I get pregnant and then it goes back down, is my tattoo going to look all weird? I'm like, it's just going to follow what your skin does. Yeah. That's all. That's all it is. It's, it's just going to like, if I got, if I lost this gut, my tattoos would look the way they did when I was skinny because I would be skinny again. Yeah. So that yeah. it's all, it just does what your body does. That's all, you know? Yeah. Makes sense.
0: Um, it's not what... like,
1: the tattoo stays stretched out after and then oh now your tattoo's longer once you got skinny again or something you know right, I mean?
0: right yeah it's not like a stretch mark or something um yeah what about the first tattoo you ever gave Do you remember uh,
1: okay, it was the on first myself. real
0: one other here's um, yeah
1: well i go so, that one too okay well the first one in my so when i was 19 i i tattooed a guy like it was like literally like you know the ghost guy like it was like this ghost guy so imagine the the top half where it's like a it's a top like that with two eyes and then it had a hand coming out and or an arm coming out and the hand was a hammerhead and then the other arm coming out was a saw and then i tattooed that right on my inner thigh i did that when i was 19 it looks like shit it's blown out to hell whatever right and but then Fast forward to in my apprenticeship, the first one I did was just above that. Um this exact cloud.
0: I like that. That's really dope. On
1: on my thigh, but I did the outline in like a rainbow transition. So I would make like a blue and then I would go into pink and then I would go into yellow. And I kind of just did primaries, but I stepped on the colors so that you had a transition of sort of a rainbow outline.
0: That's cool. Yeah, I'm actually. Yeah. I have a ghost tattoo here that's only an outline. I'm thinking about doing something similar. I want to add like sort of a faint blue and pink like to around it. I've been trying to play around with that too. I love the way that shit looks. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah the cloud thing is another thing that like all this stuff was when I first started. It was just stuff for my brain, and yeah. one of the main things that caught on for people was this one right here.
0: Which one? People the,
1: the far right. The wig, The wiggly clown. Yeah.
0: That is pretty wild.
1: So people loved that shit. When I first started making art, they were like, oh, wiggly wiggly eye everything. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. You know yeah. what I mean? And so it, that's been a staple artist moniker thing that has always stuck around and people always kind of like, you know? And so it's just a byproduct of throwing the shit at the wall, seeing what sticks. And that's one of those things that people really enjoyed. And, but that's all like stuff just straight out of my brain like looking at a blank piece of paper and doodling, you know? Yeah yeah what's yeah. um what were
0: the characters that really spoke to you as a kid like for me garfield <laughs> was one of the ones that that was a real oh. door opening one um well, how about you
1: oh um i mean garfield was big uh my dad uh he was working a corporate job for a while when i was a kid and he used to have the dilberts yeah <laughs> so I, that I guy went
0: bonkers <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah Dilbert
0: was funny as fuck back in the day
1: Dil- then Dilbert I started was, then I
0: started working Dil- then I started experiencing Dilbert in my day-to-day job and it got less and less funny.
1: That's when it's supposed to get funnier, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's but yeah. Uh, yeah, but Dilbert, I mean, um I remember sneaking watching Beavis and Butthead as a kid. The Beavis and Butthead animation always inspired me. So it's funny you mentioned
0: um, like that and like it's time kind of the same, like when it comes to like Dilbert and stuff, it almost is magical in like Beavers and Butthead because there's so little to it.
1: Exactly. Minimal.
0: Back then when you had to repeat it so many times, it was all done by hand, whether it's animation or whether you know, like you were really yeah. working within limitations. So there it's like as you like, look at the Simpsons, it's like they're basically just a silhouette with a couple of eyes on it. It's like, but yeah. it's iconic, and people, it's like yeah. an example of why not to overthink things. But then again, the little details matter, you know, it's that.
1: The this you look at the evolution of the drawings of the simpsons is very fascinating you know yeah. like it's i'll show did you ever read life as hell
0: i remember the bunny thing yeah yep
1: this yep. bunny right here i grew up looking at those and and just watching like you can see these differences even from the beginning of the first simpsons episodes into like the way they look now the refining of the minimal yeah, but even then, for me, I look at the raw dog versions that he made in the beginning, and I was like, "These are fucking amazing! Like, just yes. just keep them simple and ugly and stupid, and it's fucking perfect." You know what I mean? That's what I is for yeah. some reason that that's what attracts me in art is simple and stupid and like I, I don't mean stupid in a mean way, but just like s- this well, absurd, there's... like just silly and and you know, kind of dumb. You know, <laughs> you
0: yeah, ever heard of this podcast? Because like, how did this get made?
1: What, what
0: is it? It's called How Did This Get Made. It's um yeah. it's a pod it's one of my favorite podcasts. And it's um a couple of comedians or, or a few of that you might recognize, Jason Manzukis, Paul Shear, June Diane Rayfield. And every episode they watch a um another bad movie or a movie that's sort of is sort of a, what you're talking about. I'm very attracted to this too. These things that are just like it's like, oh, this is a movie from the 70s that they spent 10 grand on and some dude's operating a puppet and you kind of see the strings, but I still enjoy the shit out of it. And it's like, oh, Oh. this, and you're just like, there's a certain charm, like, Everybody grew up inspired by like Star Wars or Indiana Jones. And it's like at a certain time that's all people remember from that era. But there's tons of other weird and interesting things that were made in like 1981 that are totally lost to time. But when you find them, they were there are basically like gold mine, they're like gifts that I haven't been unpacked yet. There's inspiration there yeah. that nobody's mind. And to me, that I love that shit. And I love seeing how like if you could do something for 20 grand in 1981, you can do it for five cents now. And if it worked back then, okay. it can still work now
1: you know. Oh yeah. Well, I'm a huge horror movie fan and I love 80s horror and I love practical effects. Yeah.
0: Sleepaway Camp that, was one that was on there. So you must know oh, how did this get made. So you must uh, a practical I'll- effect at the end of that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have to check the I'll have to check out this podcast for sure. Yeah. But um my, my mom reminded me one of my favorite movies as a child was Wizard of Oz and she said I literally broke the VHS tape fast forwarding to the flying monkeys. That's all wrong. i ever all i ever cared about was the flying monkeys and you go look back they are like the ugliest worst fucking right. costume things and like just a gritty and like just well, HD,
0: hd fucks you there too because you're watching it <laughs> on a tv where they're they're relying on it doing some of that like you ever see return yeah. to oz no <laughs> right, so Re- return to oz came on i was in the second grade and Feruza okay. Balk, who you may know from like The Craft from, like The Water Boy, she's a pretty fairly well known actress. But like she yeah, played Dorothy. Dorothy. She played Dorothy, and this movie was twisted as fuck. It gave me nightmares for years and years. And I, it's like it's it's a Disney movie. I think it's even on Disney Plus now. But it I was think. a really strange movie. It was just a sequel to The Return of Oz, but way darker. There's no songs. It's it's yeah. If you probably dig it, it's creepy and weird. I love it. I love it.
1: That's awesome. Yeah.
0: It's like that, and um, if you ever if you ever see Superman three with um with Richard Pryor, there's a scene at the end where this woman gets sucked into a computer, and it's like, I swear, it was only like three years ago I stopped seeing it in my dreams. So
1: nice, amazing. Yeah,
0: I don't know. Sounds I'm like turn this into
1: sounds like some video drone shit or something.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are your favorite movies like from that era?
1: The thing is up there. Oh, the, Wonderful. Original John Carpenter's a thing is, is one of my favorites for sure. Um, um uh Vampire's Kiss.
0: <laughs> with with Nicolas Cage? Yeah. That's on how did this get made as well. Holy crap. <laughs> okay. What okay, is so, happening in that movie? Is, so, there's a director's commentary I, on the DVD that if you haven't heard, I've only heard parts of it, but you gotta track it down.
1: Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean it's just it felt like a precursor to like the influence for like American Psycho or something <laughs> but but just like extra absurd I don't know I, I love that movie and it's not for the practical effects but just the absurdity of it and just it was insane I love well, that do movie. you
0: think he was actually a vampire in that movie no Okay, I mean neither, but like yeah. they sort of try <laughs> to have their cake and eat it to some degree, and it's like well, the, the American Psycho thing is interesting because you could convince me the woman that he kills in the dance club in that movie doesn't actually happen because that that to me feels very American Psycho, which I think this Vampire Kiss is probably before the American Psycho. It same it, like era. I think Hera. It
1: was it's either ninety or two thousand. I always forget what that was. American there was, when,
0: when American Psycho, the book came out, there was a big backlash against that. And that was, um I was too young I, to really know much about it. But people were pissed about that book. And I was, I'm was i a big Reddy
1: Snells fan now. I wish they made the movie the way the book was. <laughs> I mean, yeah. holy... I
0: geez. can say the same thing about Less Than Zero. You know, and like Rules of Attraction, I do kind of like. But yeah, it's, American Psycho, yeah. the movie, I'm not as in love with it as a lot of people are. To me, it's a little i but like i get what you're saying there's something good between the book and the movie that hasn't really happened you know
1: yep totally yep absolutely you ever see american
0: psycho 2 with um, william shatner and uh, mila kunis
1: yeah yeah that yeah, was yeah. pretty good that's good <laughs> this,
0: that's that's worth seeing once but no more no less so
1: they so they call these types of movies i don't i wouldn't say i would say american psycho 2 is but um hilariosity you've heard this term
0: yeah uh, like, i can kind of get what you're probably saying. Like yeah. Office.
1: It's hilariously atrocious, like it's so bad it's good kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I love that shit. Yeah.
1: But I, I love I love those types of movies. Vampire's Kiss is like up there. But um there was one that I saw recently, um, The Fanatic.
0: I don't know if I know that one.
1: Dude, written and directed by Fred Durst. Oh god. Starring um John Travolta. Holy shit. And and Devin Sawa from Final Destination. And wow. the the movie made like two grand in the box office. Everybody hated it. Yeah. It is fucking amazing. Like it I is mean. just the it's the most absurd movie ever. I highly I highly recommend you watch the Fanatic. I Go check it out. Like that. All
0: right, I'll give yeah, you one yeah. more recommendation. Um Miami Connection. Actually, Miami Connection and Hard Ticket to Hawaii are two that um, if you see either of those just like um, one, the Miami connection is basically a band of ninjas and um, they, have, they actually they're like a kind of a new wave band it was in an, an 80s movie that I think was like never released and like um, they are never released back then it was shop and never made and they're like a new wave band but they're also ninjas and it's amazing and Hard Ticket (laughs) to Hawaii is just this ridiculous special effect blowing shit up topless whatever ridiculous idiotic script that I love so I mean they're both
1: probably worth your time I definitely check those out I'm always down for movies and to tie this into the concept of making art all of that shit has an influence and I don't know ever how to express how it it has an influence it all factors in it always brings me into a place of wanting to be creative like if I watch a movie, I don't, I don't film anything. I, you know, I have nothing to do with acting or anything, but watching people express and compositions, like you can look at the way a movie is shot the same way an album runs, you know, like a, a musical album runs. So I'm just, you know, all, for all, for me, all of that kind of ties into itself. work for me, you know, horror movies, practical effects, despite me, not really ever making, like I make hor- Halloween horror flash sometimes, but, for the most part, like this cartoony stuff can still have an expression that's influenced by stuff that has nothing to do with it. You know what exactly. I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, all right.
0: Yeah. Well, I can see the sun is setting where you're at.
1: So uh, I know, all right. <laughs>
0: it's probably a good time to probably wrap this up. Um, but it has been yeah. an absolute pleasure talking to you, man. It's like your art's amazing. Yeah. I'm so grateful to have it on my body. Um, you know, your social media stuff will be up here the whole time. So people will know where yeah. to find you. But yeah, um, <laughs> been an absolute pleasure anything else you want to plug while we're here
1: just uh hit me up on instagram that's the best way to contact me i don't have a website or anything i'm kind of uh you know just a an ig whore at this point so go ahead and uh message me on there if you're interested in getting tattooed i'm always open to doing whatever kind of crazy shit people want to do or i got plenty of stuff that comes out of my brain if you're interested in it and that's pretty much it man i'm working on a uh, i'm working on a clothing brand that'll be coming out in a little while that's basically all kid drawing style designs and stuff So in the next year and the next coming coming up next year we'll start releasing some shirts hats hoodies stuff like that so that's really dope yeah follow me on instagram and you'll see it awesome man well it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much all right thank you and with wings click
0: quick to flip manuscripts cause her man went from damaged kid to damn he's rich but she still can't stand the way he manages to never put nickels in the can for the cancer kids plus he cheats at corn, holding rags that he won so she lost interest like porno after she comes my dm started jingling baby as it was done two seconds later i can hear the snapping of her gums she calls me Dodge Challenger, half lip Gallagher I'm happy that I luckily sat next to her in algebra I try to hold her down, but I just couldn't balance her Between the million beatings that I keep in my calendar Plus odds aren't too sloppy that I know why my cell is blowing up Probably, but I should check just as well Call the cops, see if I can get a hold and tell If that's copyrights, yell, raising hell inside the holding cell Some, some, some loving. Some, some, some
1: Smell the smoke from the cookout uh-huh. The bushes in the parks with the lookout right Fresh print summertime on the radio Throwback Friday, all the ladies know
0: Then I'm a smooth type guy, type guy. Listen, I'm the shit I need, two-time ply Part of my soul my head sky high sky The weed high. smoke cover my body, so I try uh-huh. Put a scent on like sunblock Summertime's body season, so keep your gun cocked I count beers in the cooler, cause when the fun stops That's when the arguments happen in the gunshots It's summertime, backyards where we play cards spitting and the cypher, the homie trade bars uh-huh. Domino, swim on the table, we take charge I got a style you can make large uh-huh. See
1: motherfuckin' right